Big's wing and a drive well hit to left. Back goes Mayton. She is gone. Do you believe this? The Mets have done it again. They take the lead. Montana with his arms raised over his head. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is Monday, August 22nd. The Mets have just taken three of four in their final series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And guess what? We're not on Zoom. It's a big one. We're in person. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. We got a substitute producer, the lovely, handsome Rob of Chris Rose Rotation and Baseball Today. And of course, joining me in person is my co-host, Jerry Blevins. Oh, it's so nice to be in the office. Uh, I apologize to anybody that's confused or upset that we're on the other side of the screen. We <laughs> seem to get a lot of flack when we do that, but uh, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. It's so you. warm and welcoming when I come in. It's it's uh, it's so fun. It's weird to say that it's warm because this office or this studio is notorious for becoming freezing cold. So it's yeah. actually not that bad right now. I'm used to this. Here's a little insider secret to yeah. our pre and post game. Gary Apple loves the studio to be like sub arctic temperatures because the the lights get a little hot okay and uh yeah i mean you guys are suited up i get it It yeah yep and so you know he he likes it so i'm used to working in the extreme cold (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got jerry here he's doing pre and post for sny i'm sure you've heard of that tv network if you're a mets fan and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today the mets played a pretty electric series they finished their road trip four and four uh, when they went to Atlanta and Philadelphia, we got a lot to talk about, including the very eventful uh, game four. I just want to uh, quickly thank our first sponsor of the day. Oh. Of three, by the way, we got it loaded yeah, today. Don't worry about that. And it's a new one. Big deal. I'm excited about this one. Uh, Stadium Map Art. This is actually a, a company that I've ordered from before. The perfect gift for anyone in your life with Stadium Map Art. They push laser engraving to the limit, creating detailed wooden 3D stadium coasters, maps, and magnets. You can get one to City Field. It probably will look really good. Over 150 stadiums to choose from and counting. Great for living rooms, fan caves and sports bars everywhere. Do you have a man cave in your basement, Jerry? Do you have a uh, man? Yes, I do. I mean, we should get you some stadium map art then. Yeah, right? I'm for it. I mean, you know, A's Coliseum, City Field, Mets <laughs> Park. I've, I think I have I've played at too many places for them so. to fit. Not yeah. Dodger Stadium, right? You wouldn't want that one. I don't. I like the stadium. I don't, <laughs> it's a good stadium. I don't play well there. Great I sound didn't. system. Uh, now they can imagine themselves at the stadium of their favorite team while also enjoying a drink at home. Over 10,000 coasters have been shipped by this company so far. So if you are the worst gift giver, this is a perfect place for you. Find the perfect gift for the sportsman in your life. 3D Stadium Coasters, Maps and magnets handcrafted and laser engraved in the USA by Stadium Map Art. Find your team stadium at stadiummapart.com and use Shea15 to get $15 off your next order over $50. That's Shea15 at stadiummapart.com slash pages slash John Boy. Go check them out. They are awesome. And thank you to them for sponsoring today's Shea Station. Thank you. Sweet. That's exciting. Jerry, I think we I think we dive right in. Let's dive right in. We're going to do some recap. This was uh this was a very heavy feeling series. It yes. had a lot of ups and downs. I agree. You know, there were some games that were like Bleh, and then there were some real intense games. Yeah, for once I kind of have like the stinker of the series. Well, Usually I mean, that belongs you're welcome. to you. And yeah. Sure, we got to see how it, it feels. <laughs> Rob hit the music, baby. Like it. 
Oh, All right. So good. Game one, the Mets arrive in Philadelphia. They are tired from their four-game set against the Phils, but they show up to play. Nimmo and Lindor both reach on singles in the first off. Aaron Nola Bohm boots the Alonzo double play ball, allowing the first run to score, and the Mets keep it on going from there. A three spot on Nola in the third inning. Marte doubles, then he comes around on Pete's mammoth two-run homer. I don't know where the music went, but I'm going to keep going. We're powering through. Vogelback doubles, and then McNeil singles him home for the 4 to nothing lead. We're going to roll on. Mets get runners on the corners with a Marte double and a Lindor single in the fifth inning, and they pull off a successful double steal against the asleep Phillies defense. That makes it 5 nothing Metsy. The music is back now. <laughs> Phillies score 2 on Schwarber's two-run single in the bottom of the fifth. And all along the way, Chris Bassett was pitching a pretty good game, albeit with seven hits allowed. He only allows two earned runs in six innings, no walks on 104 pitches. That ERA goes down to 3.26 on the year. Bassett strands runners on second and third with a ground out to end the second. The Phillies got runners on the corners with one out, but they failed to score in the fourth inning. It was a night of weaving in and out of trouble for Chris Bassett, and he gave them the innings that they needed because this Mets bullpen has been pitching a lot lately. Uh, The Mets loaded the bases in the seventh with a Lindor single and a pair of walks, and with two outs, young Brett Beatty comes through with a clutch two-run single. Tough series for him, but this was a nice highlight. And then the bullpen took care of things. Adovino, Joely Rodriguez, and Trevor May sealed the game with three shutout innings. Joely and May retired the final seven batters in order. The Mets offense wakes up after kind of a tough series in Atlanta. Uh, they score seven runs. Marte gets two doubles and two steals. Multi-hit games for Lindor and Alonzo. But Tyler Nakin with the tough night goes 0 for 5 with five strikeouts. But the Mets do win game one, 7-2. Good W. Alonso continues to dominate Aaron Nola, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Naquin has a tough day. Yeah, tough that day. was a tough. That was hard for me to watch. But... That was a huge win coming off what was an upsetting. We're all good, Rob. What was an upsetting uh, series in Atlanta? Yeah. They show up, could have been a, an easy rollover because they're going Nola Wheeler, yeah. and they stepped up. They do what they've always done, and and don't allow momentum to go too far the other direction. Right, and you know uh, they've they've hit Nola pretty well this year. Alonso had four homers against him uh, in his career going into this one. Uh, it was nice to see the offense show up because they did have a really tough time uh, against Max Freed, who looked really good uh, the night before. Working on little rest, these guys. You know, tough. That's 7 p.m. road game into the next one. The, I mean, this whole series, we talked about it. Like, uh, they had the doubleheader that we'll get to. Yep. Then they had the long day yesterday. Game four was really long, and they played They played a night game getaway day in Atlanta. So that was a whole, whole thing. But yeah. we are on to game two. Yeah. Trevor Williams versus Zach Wheeler. They traded zeros through the first four innings. Uh, Trevor Williams pitched great. Um, looked exceptional. He's done what he's done all year. Become a jackknife when we need him. He went four innings, allowed four hits, two walks, three Ks on 71 pitches. He drops his season ERA down to 284. The Philly stranded runners in the first after they get two out singles back to back. And then the Mets strand a couple of their own after a double steal in the fourth to end Trevor Williams day Wheeler allows just one hit one walk through the first four innings but in the fifth inning after McNeil singles and a Naquin walk Michael Perez has his first hit as a Met and is a two-run single a great piece of hitting Uh, the Mets grab two more runs and knock out Wheeler before he finishes six innings Marte walks and scores on Lindor's triple Lindor scores after Vogie's walk and McNeil has his second hit an RBI single 
Lugo, Joely, and Adovino combined for four innings and just one er, un, one earned run. Joely has allowed one earned run in nine and a third innings in August. He has been stellar. Mets batter Nick Nelson. Nets bat Nick Nelson for four key insurance <laughs> runs in the ninth. Uh, Brett Beatty gets hit by a pitch. Perez walks, setting up RBI double for Brandon Nemo. Uh, Starling Marte follows up with an RBI single to score Perez. Alonzo walks and Ruff smacks a nice sacrifice fly. McNeil adds another RBI single to make it an 8-1 ball game. Sam Clay makes his Mets debut by sealing a victory while allowing an unearned run. Brett Beatty, Yolmer Sanchez make consecutive errors to extend the game. Felt like a little bit of a letdown at the end. Are they going to collapse? But they don't. The Mets go 6-14 for 14 with runners in scoring position. The staff allow seven hits and three walks, but only two runs. The Mets win 8-2. to two. I want to give some some love for Jerry, who normally, because he's over Zoom, doesn't get to hear the fun recap I, music. I know, and it's very good. You were riding the wave. I, like I was. I was. a little bit of rhythm going. Yes, I like sir. that for you. Yeah, uh, big game two uh, to win the first game of it. Trevor Williams versus Zach Wheeler, and we take that one anyway. Uh, the Mets go 9-0 and versus Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler this year. That's wild. And uh, kind of out of character, Zach Wheeler yeah. comes on and says some cheap hits and... We contact. I made my pitches. Yeah. I was uh, I was like, oh, I, was, I was a little hurt. I, I wasn't hurt. I understand the feeling, um, but that's what McNeil does. I know. You know what I mean? I think uh, <laughs> I think there was some bitterness held up because you know he knows that he hasn't had success against the Mets. Yeah. If you take out the Mets, I think he's one of the front runners for the Cy Young, but we I was just ruined, say, his, ruined his numbers. I think so. He had four starts going into his meetings with the Mets, 27 innings, five run runs. It's a 1.67. He was so sharp, yeah. and then he kind of lost it because he, he, he made a couple of mistakes, and they capitalized on it. I yeah. think uh, the Perez hit. That was like a signature moment, man. I've been super impressed with him. He's handled the pitching staff great. Yep. He's thrown really well. And he looks good at the plate. A left-handed swing. Gotta love it. A lot of great at-bats from him. He drew a lot of walks that in the series, great, which I liked. Great first hit as a match. Off Zach Wheeler. That's a <laughs> tough thing Gave to us do. the lead. That was wonderful. Yeah, and Wheeler was hot coming into facing us, and then two starts in a row. Goes 11 innings, 10 earned runs. Mets beat him both times. Uh, and this is, you know, the guy that looked absolutely invincible against us last year. Threw the shutout against us to kind of put Philly into first place and kick us out for the rest of the season. And this year, it's just been a completely different story. I feel like the Mets' game plan against him has been so much better. Obviously, the game plan against everybody is work deep counts, make the pitcher throw as much as you can. And, uh, you know, clearly, it, it annoyed him a little bit. Yeah, to come out against, you know, after the losing three or four to the Braves, to get to Nola and Wheeler back-to-back, that shows a lot of who this team is, the character they fight, man. They don't give up. They don't care what the happened. That what happened yesterday. They don't care who they're matching up against. They're going to play baseball and they're going to try to win every day. And they think they can win every day, and they kind of can't. Yeah. So the Mets take the first two games, the ones that the Phillies were probably supposed to win, and then they go Loogie versus Loogie for Game Three. Hit it, Rob Bailey Falter and David Peterson square off in the nightcap of the doubleheader. These Mets are exhausted, but they're playing on anyway. And they score early, thanks to a messy first inning from Bailey Falter. Marte is hit by a pitch and is subsequently caught stealing. Would end up being kind of big, because later on, Lindor singles, and then he walks uh, then uh, walks from Alonzo and Ruff. 
uh, bring on a run-scoring wild pitch from Falter, so the Mets go up one nothing. But David Peterson did not have his best stuff. The end result was honestly not that bad. Four and two-thirds innings, three run runs. That puts you in a position to compete in the game, but eight hits and two walks along the way, so ten base runners in five innings. No homers on 100 pitches. His ERA goes up to 3.44. It was a night of weaving in and out of trouble for David Peterson. Chorber's double set up a real Muto game-tying single in the first. Alec Bohm ripped a two-run uh, two double in the third inning. The Phillies led off with consecutive singles in the fourth, and they loaded the bases in the fifth with a double walk and a single. Steven Nagosik, our old friend with a mustache, he's back with the big league club. He got out of that jam. The Phillies loaded the bases again in the sixth on a drop third strike, a walk, and a Brett Beatty error. We saw a lot of messy defense. Uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, some experience helps Brett Beatty out there a little bit. But Jeff McNeil, who is uh, kind of shoehorning his way into gold glove conversation, makes an unbelievable diving catch on a Real Muto blooper that probably would have scored a couple runs. So big there. The Mets are still in it. It's a 3-1 to one game. But Bailey Falter, who we've kind of had his number all year, he's settled in and put together a pretty nice start. He allowed just a hit and a walk from the second to the sixth inning as the Mets bats went quiet after two pretty loud first two games. Uh, Steven Nagosik had some good relief. I'm going to try and say this guy's name. Rob Zestrizny. Nailed Hope I got it. that right. Nailed two Z's it. and two Y's. Two I, Z's and two Y's I put, in one name. That's I don't know amazing. You the notes. I put the pronunciation there. I saw that. I'm thought. proud of you for that. <laughs> and now uh, Michael Givens came in after. They go three and a third innings, uh, one earned run. So the bullpen does the job again. Uh, the Mets do not score, but they put together something in the ninth. A McNeil double with two outs. Mark Canna walks. Uh, but they go quietly. The Mets just get three hits in this game. They go 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position. They play a little sloppy because they're tired. They lose game 3, 4 to 1. And now uh, they're going into the last game looking at either a split or a series win. Yeah, that was, uh, it was 4 to 1. It was 3 to 1. And it felt like it was 9 to 1. Yeah. They were, there was no excitement in the game. This was the only game. And, and I, Having been there myself, yeah, all year long we haven't had a stinker like this. Yeah, and it, they just they just ran out of gas. It looked like, uh, so it was a little bit worrisome, but not I completely understandable. I actually really liked what I saw from Peterson. Not his best outing, but he was he t- touched ninety seven. Yeah, uh, his slider was sharp. He had some inconsistencies on his changeup, but I really like what I saw. You talked about him possibly moving to the bullpen in the playoff format. I think he's going to be in the rotation for at least another turn, I imagine. Um, Deservedly so. But I think after what I saw with the way he's been attacking people with runners in scoring position, he's been amazing. One of the best pitchers in baseball from a starting standpoint with runners in scoring position. I think that translates well to the uh, playoffs because if he can just get into that mentality right away, which is a conversation to be had, um, if they sit him down and talk to him about his possible role being in the bullpen, uh, I think he can do it, man. I was very impressed with his stuff and the way he settled in, but this was a stinker. Yeah. And I'm like you said before, it's hard to get on them too much about this. They, I, no, I mean not. Yeah, it was a stinker, but you know, they, you're going to have these, they just don't stinkers. do it very often. So a lot of guys stuck play both out games too. Um, I'm trying to find his numbers. Cause I know Peterson, like you said, has been very, so last year, yeah, runners in scoring position, hitters were hitting 381 against Peterson. And what I mentioned in my recap was Peterson's been really good about navigating in and out of trouble, even when he doesn't have his best stuff. This year, hitters are batting, if I can find it very quickly, 171 
with runners in scoring position. That's incredible. 210 points lower than last year. That is just a key change in Peterson's game. So four and two-thirds, three in runs, it's not the best outing. But last year, that outing could have spiraled out of control. The game could have been over by the second inning. That's right. So, so let's let's go to game four. Let's do it. Are you ready? Good luck. I'll wait for it. Oh, didn't have to wait. Go, Rob. Ah, game four. This was the debut of Jose Buto as the seven line called him Joey Butts, which like is great. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Uh, congratulations to him for making his major league debut. Uh, he was stepping up against Kyle Gibson, who the Mets have kind of had his number. He's been hot and cold. But Jose Buto steps up and gets greeted pretty rough. Yeah. Second pitch of the game gets hit for a single. And it doesn't get better from there. Uh, it wound up with an Alec Bohm three-run homer, uh, and they put up a four spot. But guess what? These Mets have fight. They put up two in the second, one in the third, one in the fourth to tie it. And in the bottom of the fourth inning, Jose Buto allows a second three-run home run to Mr. Alec Bohm. That puts him up seven to three. Um, it felt like that was a, a knockout blow. Thought we might have to uh, bring in another guy making his debut, Mr. Nate Fisher, who was a banker, commercial banker last year in June, steps up, makes his major league debut at uh, at 26 years old. He throws three shutout innings. It was a wonderful, wonderful attempt. And in that top of the seventh inning, up steps Mr. Mark Canna. He hits a massive three-run homer. They tie it up. And in the bottom of the eighth inning, we get Trevor May to step in, and he's greeted and gives up a run. So they, the Phillies take a lead in the bottom of the eighth. And then in the top of the ninth, who is it? It's again Mr. Mark Canna steps up and hits a massive home run to give the Mets the lead. Gene Segura thought he had it in the eighth, has a big celebration, but Mark Canna has his signature moment as a Met, his second home run of the game. It is a huge one. The Mets take a lead. They get a much-needed insurance run from Brandon Nemo as he greets another man named Tyler Sear, making his Major League debut, plants one into the seats. The Mets take a 10-8 lead. Edwin Diaz comes in to seal the deal, sound the horns. He does not look great. He looked vulnerable for the first time in a long time. Could have been rust, but he escapes. He allows one run, gets a huge strikeout to end the game. A fastball inside at 100, and the Mets win 10-9 in the final game of the series. It was a long road trip, ended by a 4-hour and 20-minute game with a 45-minute rain delay mixed in. It would could have been an absolute backbreaker to split this series, but instead they fight back three times to take the lead and win the series the final game against the Phillies which is way too early in the season for them to be done with Philly but they take the game 10 to 9 well done on that recap maybe the most loaded recap of the entire season I could have talked about every player so many times there were so many guys that stepped up Um, there was big moments from pretty much everyone on there uh, you know, including uh, Vogel Snack, our guy. Our guy. Uh, he had a good moment. He he all he didn't score after he doubled, and I thought that might be a piece in the game because he should have scored, and he didn't. Ends up coming out of the game later after he singled again, but uh, didn't cost him. Yeah, and I mean, this is the kind of game where you can almost forget that the Mets had a rookie debut and make his start because it seems like it happened so long ago. Uh, Budo had that really rough first inning, and then he looked really good once he finally started getting that curveball to work for him a little bit. 
struck out a couple batters in the second and third, obviously ran into trouble again in the fourth, made a bad pitch to Alec Boehm, who had a great game. Um, there's so much here. The Mets rally against Connor Brogdon. Brogdon's having a great season, but the Mets have hit him all year long. I mean, Mark Canna, we can talk day and night about. He's I wanted to touch on. Jose Buto a little bit. Go for it. So, greeted very rough yes. to make his debut. Gave up a four spot. He was facing the ninth hitter of the inning, touching f- almost at 40 pitches, and then Schwarber was up again. If he doesn't get through that last guy, doesn't get that final out, he's done. Yeah. He's done. He would have had two-thirds of an inning. But instead, he guts through it. Gets out of that inning and then throws three more. Um, gutsy had some stuff. He touched ninety-seven as yeah. well. His changeup, which was everybody was talking about how good it was. I think he. Th- I thought he was had some mechanical cues. He was slowing his arm speed down. I mm. saw a few times on his changeup, which was telling. And when you're looking for a changeup, knowing a guy throws it, and he shows you a little bit that he's throwing it, it can be a damage pitch. And yeah. they and they took advantage. But good for him. And again, Michael Perez, I think it was he was the key to making the switch to go from heavy change-ups because I think they threw 11 yeah. in the first inning and then threw none in the second inning and two in the third inning. Uh, they went to that curveball, which wasn't nasty, but when you're only looking for a change-up and you're getting fastball-curveball, that's a tough adjustment. Yeah, and I mean, Budo, you know, first start above double-A, I think. I don't know if he ever made it to triple-A. I might be wrong I that. think he made it to triple-A. Had like a starter two, uh, uh, maybe one. Yeah. Never threw it to to Perez. Yeah, um, but yeah, he was all right. But Nate Fisher, Nate Fisher, what man. a story! What a fucking story, Nate Fisher. Did is. you see his post game at all? I did. I I know that he uh, called it like a dream and stuff. And I, Super- there was a little bit of talk that his uh, his uh, the bank that he worked for when he got the minor league invite from the Mets in the off season, they were like, if you don't go, we're going to fire you. So you have to go. And <laughs> I loved that they were kind of like rooting for him to be like, you know, just go chase the dream. Why not? Yeah, he uh, so likable, man. Uh, very grateful, very honored and happy to be there to chase his dream and have it see it come to fruition. He had family in town. Uh, he had his couple of his best friends that flew in. I think he's from like nebraska lincoln nebraska area I'm not sure but he you know i'm just happy to see those moments because that's you know i mean dreams you get to see dreams come true what a what a fun industry to be in and you want to talk about likable i mean mark canna has his best game as a met yeah and i think post game all he talk talks about, about all he talks about is nate fisher gets the championship belt didn't know this guy earlier today. Now he's the hero of our team. Just always congratulating others when, you know, he puts up a two-homer game. Both home runs are essential to the Mets getting this huge win instead of splitting. Uh, Canna has been playing more recently. I think we're kind of ditching the platoon idea with Canna. And I think, you know, he's the kind of guy that might need to play every day to be at his maximum ability. And it clearly showed in game four. He said some really awesome things that were pretty indicative of this Mets season so he talked about how his lack of power you know he didn't have he wasn't hitting for power very much and it was kind of frustrating him but at the same time he was sticking to the game plan of grinding out at bats and how well it works in this in the Mets lineup I thought that that's that shows you that he's all in on the New York Mets because he didn't allow his own personal expectations for what he wants to do get in the way. He hit that first home run, and he said, I felt like I was in the zone. I wanted to ride the wave to my next at-bat 
So that's a great feeling as an athlete when you get into that zone. Yeah. He saw Segura hit that home run and celebrate, and he said, like he talked about it, he said, after I saw Segura hit that home run, I thought he knew he was going to be coming up. He goes, this is my time. I'm going to ride that wave. I'm going to step up. And he did. It was unbelievable. You could see it in his eye, the way he was swinging the bat. Yeah. He said he, he felt like, all right, all you got to do is throw this pitch, and it's over. He hit that huge home run, had an amazing bat flip, arms up in the air. You know, he tossed it really high. Uh, just an awesome signature moment for him. Uh, two huge home runs, a game-tying three-run home run, and then a go-ahead two-run home run. Fantastic. We've seen a lot of good bat flips from the Mets this year. I'm thinking Escobar's walk-off against the Phillies, Lindor's against the Giants. That's the best one of the year. The best celebration. Everything about it was perfect. It was great, man. It was awesome, and it was it was emotional because he was like yeah you you tell yourself a lot as an athlete like i'm gonna do this i'm feeling good and a lot it's hard to play sports and it doesn't come through so when it does celebrate that man that's what we're talking about um just Uh, an awesome awesome end of the road trip yeah and i mean it, it did come down to a lot of manager decisions i think uh, the Gene Segura pinch hit was genius. We uh, he hasn't burned us yet this year until this game. Really, you know, still a great hitter against us. But that home run was a moment. Uh, I still think that the the spot for Trevor May was correct. Eighth inning, start with the, with the bottom of the order. Might as well use him there. Didn't go well. Um, Rob Thompson uses David Robertson a day after a two inning outing. I don't know if I agreed with that because I think he had Sir Anthony Domingos back there and he's been great. No, he's year. on the IL. He's on the IL. Yeah. Okay, that changes my opinion a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But um, Robinson looked a little. He gassed. wanted to stand up. He Robinson, Robertson probably told him, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good. good. Go. Let's yeah. go." Um, I actually don't mind it because that's what you got him for. You traded for him. It didn't work out. Um, we got to him, yeah. but you know, it was he went two innings through 36 pitches the day before, and then showed up. Uh, there was only, and again, this is nitpicky. Sure, I wouldn't have sent uh, Budo to face the lineup for the third, third time. time. Yeah, I think so. So after Zimmer and his fourth inning, he gave up uh, that that another three spot. I think, right? Yeah, he gave up three runs in the in the fourth inning. Yeah. Zimmer was leading off the game or leading off the inning. He got an infield single on a little, you know, he's fast. So yeah. he, he got an infield Tall, single. Tall fast guy. Kind of Yeah, kinda he's huge. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5" six, and <clears throat> a defense speed guy. Um, never came into his power, yeah. but he was like a big pro- uh, prospect. Anyway, I wouldn't have let Budo face Schwarber. the top of the lineup yeah. again because <clears throat> Schwarber had already seen him twice. He already had success against him, yeah. uh, and it backfired. Again, this is nitpicky because Showalter's made so many right decisions. Uh, I just think this one was a little bit, you know, left him out to dry. Yeah, I uh, think so. But I mean, I still commend Show Walter for sticking with Budo past the first, and I, it does come down to him getting those. Last well, he would have been that la- if he didn't get Zimmer in the first inning, he yeah. was done because 40, 40 pitches is like the magic number right. for pitches in an inning before you have to go out. You remember a few years ago? Was it a few years ago? Uh, Degrom had a start in Miami where he threw, I think it was like eighteen, where he threw like forty-five pitches coming no, I don't coming those. after. I don't remember much from eighteen. <laughs> Well, I wish you. I it's wish I didn't up. remember it it's either. I had a rough year, uh, but I, I think it was that year. Degrom was coming back, and he threw like forty-five pitches in one inning, Jeez. and he was done. Damn. Yeah, and they fought and scratched, and that's just the number. It's always been that like forty pitch because, you know, that's you can't get much. You you talk about high 
a high uh, risk for injury. Those yeah. are once you start to just throw and I throw think it and throw. was at Philadelphia, one inning, three walks, forty five pitches in the first inning. That That's it, it, and that yeah. was it. That was the yeah. one. Yeah. What year was that? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Right. So uh, good memory. Oh my gosh, my memory. Look at that. Look at that. Steel trap. And then Edwin Diaz. <laughs> Edwin Diaz looks human. For yeah. The first time in a while. Yep. Fully rested um, too. Pretty interesting. Yeah, he was. He was maybe too rested. I think that was it. I think yeah. that was too rested. But again, this isn't a bad decision by Diaz and Showalter to get him rested. Yeah. He threw those two innings. Came in in the eighth. He's been pitching a lot. Um. But he had to throw today or yesterday. He yeah. had to throw in that game. Uh, I like that they gave him a few days, but he wasn't sharp, and that happens. This is this is part of the strategy of playing, you know, for the postseason. You have to get your guys rest up. But yeah. he won't have. I don't think he'll have another long stretch off like that again because he, he pitched two innings on this road trip. Yeah, that's it. And so I think um, he was missing pitches everywhere. Yeah, arm side spiking them. Uh, but he made pitches when he needed to. That's the that's the difference in Diaz this year. He's making yes. adjustments when he needs it. Um, they jumped on his first pitch. They were just like, look, I'm going to swing. He's trying to get ahead. Good game plan, honestly. Yeah, it was yeah. a great game plan. They're like, well, he's going to try to get ahead, and we can't fall behind this guy. Yeah. So they're like, I'm going to swing no matter what. And they, they got to him a little bit. Yeah. So, And I, I think it really highlights uh, Thompson's decision to use the rookie first game ever against Nimmo in that ninth inning to just try and get the outs and uh, Nimmo homers, and that becomes the game-winning run there. I think I don't think he had any other choice. Did he? I mean, I, I'm trying to He think. was running pretty thin back there. They got six from Falter in the third game, which I think was pretty Falter, huge for them. Yeah, Falter uh, in the third game, uh, wait, I didn't mention it, but when the Mets only scored one run off of that just – that first debacle inning, that of a it. first inning i was like man that we needed more because then he went into cruise mode that's what happens you get a guy on the ropes and you step back and let him get his legs back underneath him yeah and he's gonna last a little bit so yeah and i mean you know the mets kind of struggled against lefties this whole series they hit a couple foul ball home runs off brad hand oh my god there was so many foul ball home runs ruff is having a <laughs> tough time dude i've seen ruff hit like five foul yeah. ball home runs yeah, I mean, back there, they they had Sam Coonrod they could have used. He pitched the day before. He did. And I, the first game, I think. So I think that was pretty much the only other they, option that's, You're right. He Coonrod was warming up with Robertson, yeah, so which Coonrod was weird. Coonrod could have pitched, I think. I don't know when Coonrod would have pitched if they were tied, but then he didn't come in. Uh, strange. Yeah. I don't know. But Thompson uses the rookie. Nimmo hits the home run, and that's the game-winning run, and that changes the entire complexion. They went three out of four, man. Dominated Phillies uh, this year. Fourteen and five against the Phillies. Nine and zero against Nola and Wheeler. Remember the last time they went fourteen and five against the Phillies? Yeah, of course I do. Why don't you tell me about it? I'll let you know if that's the right uh, one. It was twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I told you. Kind of seems like a big year. (laughs) You did let me say that. Sorry, man. It was a big year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean they go nine and zero against Nola and Wheeler. They have. Maybe their most fun wins of the year against the Phillies, which is always nice. The Kono, as we coined, seven-run comeback in the ninth, this series finale. Uh, fans showed up in droves. I don't know if you, did you see the clip of Canna's home run uh, from facing the crowd that Where way? Where the whole the crowd, whole crowd is Mets fans. It's yeah, I crazy. saw it. Um, I think KFC from Barstool. Yeah, uh, tweeted it, and I saw it on on Twitter. Um, Chills. I, you, I can't believe that the Phillies fans. When they're in the midst of a playoff push, like ten games over five hundred. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's wild. Know. You got to fill the stadium. I won't guys. say anything negative about Phillies fans. And I know better. They had a seven-line army member throw out the first pitch. I saw of the that. Game. You he can't do that. You can't I, do that. I don't that. know how it happened. Come on. How about the fanatic? The the first of all, the Phillies broadcast went all in on Keith Hernandez for saying for taking it off, and it, deservedly, you know, you I say guess, you say you don't want to watch him. Face, you know. Yeah, I, it's true. There, yeah. he was. Uh, the fanatic came into the booth. Uh, it was pretty funny, man. I liked it. They embraced it. Um, he comes in there a lot too. Yeah, it's the fanatic is the best. All right, we we've babbled. I think we should. Uh, Let's do it. Do an apple. Apple of our. Of our... Rob's crushing. He's on it, it dude. On just short. I'm so impressed. Killing it. So good. You want first steps? I do. You're the so. Guest. Um, Shout out to Nate Fisher. Congratulations to you, man. Uh, Three innings pitched, no runs, one hit, two walks, a big strikeout. Yeah. Um, Your debut at 26. What a story. That's amazing. I wanted to shout out Michael Perez again. We love Michael Perez. I'm I'm a big fan. Like I'm I'm curious to. I'm sure the Mets see the same thing. He's gritty behind the plate. He's smart. He handled Diaz very well. Diaz came in shaky. He said, "I got you." He he never looked. He never looked. Uh, he in, had a game plan. I think. Yeah, he was like, did his "All homework. right." He did it. Not just yeah, he did his homework, but he he's smart in game. He's watching the game. He's he's the moment. He's in the moment. And Buck Showalter, who's a man of the moment, doesn't ever let things get ahead of him. Always thinking ahead. He sees this out of Michael Perez too. Uh, I think. I was very impressed. He handled it very well. Also got his first hit, uh, a big, you know, basically game winner Yeah. Uh, against Zach Wheeler. He went two for ten, had those three RBI, two big walks. His swing looks good. I'm I'm impressed. I like this guy. Um, but uh, I want to shout out one more guy, uh, Francisco Lindor. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> he is unbelievably hot, just consistent. I think he's... I don't know. One of the hottest players. It's in, always the runs scored for me. It's seven like for 20, four, four runs scored, a huge triple um, scoring, uh, an RBI triple. He had a big stolen base. Um, the Mets double steal when a first and third, and the Phillies try it and get thrown out. The Phillies try and get the game out. They, they, tried, they tried to do things that the Mets did, and it never worked out in their favor. But uh, shout out to Francisco Lindor, who was amazing. But my... The apple of my eye goes to goes to Mr. Mark Canna. Natural. I loved it. Mark Canna, who's we talked about his playing time kind of going away a little bit, but this was an announcement. He came in and made a statement. Says, I am a big time player on a big time team. He went four for ten, two runs, the two home runs, five RBI and a walk. The two home runs were mega huge. Uh, in huge moment, in a boom, that, that is it. Thanks, I Rob. mean, look at that. That's in ah. Philadelphia, a known haven for the home team. It's so much blue. There's it's so, so much, much blue, blue in that crowd. It's crazy. And it was, and it was a moment where he hit the first home run, the big three run home run, and I was like, man, that's awesome to tie it. Brings the Mets back within a chance, and then his spot came up again. His number got called, and he stepped up and delivered again. That was fantastic. So he is the apple of my eye. All Much right. deserved for Canna. Career-high 5 RBI game. 
He's batting 440 with nine extra base hits in his last eight games. He's hot. That's yeah, pretty good. Got to play him every day. That's He's hot. Good. No more platoon nonsense for my guy out of the park, Mark. Um, so many good performances in this series. He's not going to get my apple, but Starling Marte Gosh. stuffed the statue. There's so much shit here. Eight for 17, four runs, three doubles, two RBIs, two walks, a stolen base, a hit by pitch. On base all the time. Nimmo bounced back. He did get back. thrown out. He did get thrown out. <laughs> you know, he gets thrown out once a series, though. Rio Muto's got a cannon, but yeah. yeah he... back there. Uh, Nimmo draws four walks and gets hit by a pitch. Love Big that. Big home run. Him. Also goes four for 15, hits a home run. Two doubles, three runs, two RBI. Nimmo looked four great. Four big walks. Four big I walks. I liked his approach. This was more vintage Nimmo. Uh, I liked what I saw. walk, and mm-hmm. I think the last game. Battled. Battled. Mm-hmm. Like that a lot. Before I tell you my Apple, it is brought to you by CSG Cards. Sneak that gotta, in Gotta, gotta. Uh, CSG is an expert in impartial third-party authentication and grading service for sports cards. After grading, sports cards are encapsulated in archival, durable, and crystal clear CSG holders that protect and preserve. You can get a card of my Apple player once I tell you, but wait on it, guys, all right? Every, certifi- every certified sports card is backed by the CSG guarantee of authenticity and grade, which is the strongest in the industry take my word for it take jerry's word for it take rob's word for it collectors know they can buy and sell with peace of mind when a card is in a csg holder because its authenticity and condition are guaranteed and we have a promo code for their website csgcards.com it is shea you know like shea station get 15 dollars off yearly memberships with promo code shea at csgcards.com the offer expires at the end of september so pounce on it guys it's running low thank you to that csg for sponsoring today's apple of our eye and my apple goes to the guy that I gave it to last time, Jeff McNeil. I have been raving about Jeff McNeil because every at-bat, every play that he makes looks MVP caliber. He's just having an absolutely torrid month of August. It continued in this series. He goes 8 for 18, 444 clip, two runs, three doubles, three RBI, and a walk. He's now fourth in MLB with a 321 batting average. He is batting... 425 in August with a 1.104 OPS. He has been undoubtedly uh, the cog of this Mets lineup that continues to function even when the team doesn't function. I keep thinking to that absolute blowout in game one against Atlanta where he goes four for four, gets an RBI, scores a run. Uh, Jeff McNeil continues to do it. He made a ton of highlight reel plays, the diving catch on Real Muto's. Uh, liner, he snagged a couple ground balls. It's all becoming very normal for Jeff McNeil, which is very cool. I think that he is in gold glove contention. He might not get it because he's kind of a utility guy, but he's now 96th percentile and outs above average. He's doing everything. He just looks like, I don't even remember what 2021 Jeff McNeil looked like. I have no memory of it because he looks like a completely different ball player. He is the apple of my eye. Yeah, well deserved. I think we covered it both because Canna had to be one. Yeah. And then Jeff McNeil was the other gotta. must. Just got him. Um, you covered the offense. He's a pest, man. He, I think most of the ire coming out of Zach Wheeler, <laughs> he's seething. And I think it's because of Jeff McNeil. I truly do. Be. Because it would be for me. That's the kind of guy that would grind you. He is the – all the other Mets in the lineup will battle – he grinds you down because he's got that little smirk and he like hits the ball off the handle or off the cap and he gets a hit and you're just he's just over there smiling. And you were totally spot on last episode. A bunch of times I saw his hands. Yeah, he splits it. You know, I think his wrist is hurting a little bit and that helps you t- to. So to he's roll not even 100% over. he's doing all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't even. Is he milking it? I don't know. 
whatever the case may be, he's up there being a flying squirrel. He made an absolutely un- defense. He made an yes. unbelievable diving catch uh, from second base, sliding bases loaded, uh, incredible. And that was in the game where we lost four to one, but it felt like it was forty to one. Yeah, and it was a big moment. It saved. I think it was Fisher that was pitching. Yeah, yeah, in a huge spot. No, Nagosik came in for this Fisher. Game three. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, he made this. Uh, Negosic. Yeah. They, look at Rob. Oh, Rob. my God. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Negosic, who looks like Gallagher, the comedian. Rob and Negosic have similar mustaches. I don't. Nobody can touch Rob's mustache. No, nobody can touch it. It's, it's got the good one. On the side, so yeah. So he's, got the, really he's got the width of it. Yeah. Uh, I think Negosic, for our younger fans, uh, might not know it. But Gallagher, do you remember the comedian that smashes fruit? Oh, like a big wait. watermelon. I think Nagosik looks just like Gallagher, the comedian. I got to do a side by side. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the uh, mustaches are really similar. Oh, they're the same. Oh my god, they're so similar. Uh, but uh, he he made even uh, there was a a double play that Lindor back like backhanded yeah. and threw it, and McNeil turned it. It ended up getting overturned. But he's throwing the ball. He's catching the ball. I think his versatility playing outfield has really helped him become a good second baseman for those little bloops yep. because uh, he just gets great jumps on him. Those are some difficult ones because if it's off the end of the bat, he takes a big swing and it doesn't quite have the carry that you think. Yeah, I really believe that you mentioned it a couple of times. I think he is a gold glove winning second baseman. He, he started out playing a lot of left field. But I'm sure the numbers at the end of the season, he's going to have enough games at second base to warrant it. I think so. I think he deserves a gold glove, which is amazing to say, considering, you know, he wasn't a bad defensive second baseman, but he made a lot of mental errors, uh, even pointing to last year. But this year, he is a difference maker defensively on a team that's very defensive, has a lot of defensive prowess in a lot of spaces. He stands out. And I mean, like, you know, we talked about Nimmo's improvement in center field. We talked about having Marte's cannon and right. Lindor elevates everybody. You have maybe the best middle infield defense in the National League with these two. I mean, Lindor is platinum glove capable, and Jeff McNeil has stepped it up to such a degree this year that, like, they just make every play. It's really yeah, enjoyable man. to watch. I mean, I we've, we've been raving of... about Guillaume all year, but McNeil's been just as good. I, that's a, yeah, it's you know? it's uh, it's pretty incredible to, to have Lindor be your – your middle, you know, companion, and yeah. for you to also, you know, stand toe to toe. Lindor's on another level, of course, of course. But McNeil's done some great things. Uh, I was trying to think of off the top of my head when Ozzy's out there. Um, Dansby with the Braves. Dansby and Ozzy are fantastic. They both are have incredible range, great Trey. arms. It's Trey and who else for LA? Trey Turner and I, I think it was Gavin Mun- Lux. Muncy and Lux. Yeah. Mm, yeah still take our yeah, guys. Yeah, they've got some growing. I'll take our guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Jeff that... McNeil also, I think, got on both times ahead of Canna's home runs. Okay. Playing so there you go. Table setter. Table setter. Man, that was a fun series, man. <laughs> was it? It was so long. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost doesn't even feel like the Subway Series is starting tonight. You know, and it's weird though. Here, here's the thing: we were talking about it after the post game last night. Yeah, we're facing the New York New York Yankees going to Yankee Stadium, and I feel like the teams couldn't be going in other opposite directions. It's definitely. I mean, they got a big win yesterday, but it's still been so. This will be a Subway Series for sure. This is going to be 
high energy. You know, it's supposed to rain today. Uh, maybe a doubleheader tomorrow. Who knows? But the Yankees are in desperation mode. Yes. Desperation. I do not think they want to play the Mets. So right they now. have to kind of make some statements here. Whereas if the Mets lose both, which I don't think is they're going to do, um, we'll show the previews of who they're matching up against. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I think if the Yankees lose both, like soundly, I think it's. <laughs> I think you're going to see the skies falling on Yankees Twitter even more than it has been. I mean, their AL East lead got as low as seven games, which I did not even think was possible because of where they were before they August started. Vulnerable. I don't understand it. So uh, I'm going to pull up some of the things, but they're they've hit a huge offensive slump. Yeah, and their bullpen fell apart, and that that makes your starting rotation feel like they have to be perfect, and that is not a recipe for success when you're a starter. And we are once again getting not the top of their rotation because Nestor just pitched, Cole mm-hmm. went the day before, so we're getting the bottom once again. Yeah, so we're we're face. I'll do um I'll do our previews and then I want to talk a little Yankees. Can I say something before you do? Absolutely. Uh well if you're looking to get some law firm help <laughs> potentially <laughs> you sneaking these in on me. <laughs> I, I got haven't him finished my coffee day. yet, and you've three got me three day. times. I already I finished my iced coffee before the show. <laughs> Rob, thank you. Thank you, Rob. Hey, everyone, clap Shout for out Rob. to Rob. Claps for Rob. Love you guys. Did a great job. We'll wrap up soon, Handsome Rob. Rob. Love you. Uh, today's series preview for the Mets and Yankees is brought to you by Siegel Law Firm. And that's Siegel obvious. Legal. Siegel Legal, baby. New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. What separates them? You know. They care about their clients, Jerry, just like we care about the Mets. It's the same type of care. They hire the right experts, me and Jerry, experts on the Mets, obviously, and they put every case in the best chance to succeed. They treat clients like family and have incredible client satisfaction as a result. A lot of firms say this. They actually do it. Rob is back and he's gone again, guys. There's a misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer. It is not true. There was a misconception that we wouldn't have a producer today. It wasn't true. Rob stepped up. <laughs> Love that. There's no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket costs when they handle your case. You don't pay a dime until they recover for you, and then they share a percentage of that recovery. There is nothing to lose. Don't disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm, and that number to call is 646-810-3337, or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get the support that you need Siegel-LawFirm.com, 646-810-3337. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's series preview. Jerry, take it away. It is the finale of the Subway Series. The first two were in Queens. These two are going up to the Bronx. Uh, Game one, Max Scherzer. You guys have heard of him. He's pretty good. He's 9-2 with a 2.15 ERA. He is battling against Domingo Herman. He's 1-2 with a 4.45. DJ LeMayhew, who hits everybody, is 5 for 12 against Scherzer in his career. Mark Canna, 6 for 11 with a homer off of Armand. Pete Alonso, 2 for 5 with a homer. That's off Armand as well. Scherzer versus the Yankees, uh, he was 7 uh, or on the 27th. Uh, went 7 innings, no runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 6 Ks, and a 3 2 victory. He was the second pitcher this year to strike out Judge three times in a game. It was pure dominance. It was big moments. Judge, uh, who was the hottest hitter and still is probably yeah. the best hitter in baseball right now, uh, was overmatched. Uh, and Herman versus the Mets on that same day, this is a rematch. He went four and two-thirds, gave up two earned runs on five hits, two walks, seven Ks, and one home run. Game two, 
Mr. Jacob deGrom, who's 2-1 and one with a 2-3-1 ERA. He'll be going up against Frankie Montas. He's 4-10 and 10 with a 3-8-7. Frankie Montas has since becoming a Yankee. He's got three games started. He's given up 14 earned runs, 18 hits, 6 walks, 8 Ks, and 2 home runs, and 14 innings pitched. Yeesh. It has been, and I love Frankie, uh, it has not been pretty for him in pinstripes. Yeah. Uh, but deGrom... Lost his first game of the year. His last uh, lost his first game and against his last start uh, versus ATL. He went six and two thirds, gave up three earned runs on five hits, no walks, nine Ks. He looked human for a minute, and the Braves capitalized. Um, he's versus the Yankees in his career. He's two and four with a three five one. Remarkably human. Very human. Is he human? Uh, Forty one innings pitched. He's got a three five one ERA, a one point one WHIP. 40 strikeouts to 11 walks. Uh, yeah, I think he pitched. I think he made his. Did he make his debut? Yes, against he the, so his he's first pitched uh, very front loaded in his career, and he's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Lindor, though, against Frankie Montas in his career, they played in the AL together. He's four for nine. Marte, three for five against Montas. Uh, he is looking to have his first positive moment as a Yankee, and DeGrom is looking to not allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, first of all, great recap as always. Thank you, great sir. Review. Um, for a Yankees team that finally got some life offensively in that series finale against the Jays where they salvaged the win, having to face Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back is an absolute gut punch. Um, so it's either going to be one of these things where they regress or maybe they they play above expectation against these guys, but if they get rained out today, you got to play 18 innings tomorrow, and the majority of them are going to be against two guys with about five Cy Youngs combined between them. Yeah, and uh, the Yankees in the month of August are five and fourteen. Wow, I didn't know it was that five and four. I think they're the worst team in baseball in August. Like, come on, really? I th- I'm I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, five and fourteen, though. So even if you're not. You feel like it. <laughs> that's so, that's right. I, I, I knew it was bad. I didn't realize, because I, you know, I try and pay attention to the Yanks. Yeah, I mean, you can't Yankees help it company. being in the JM office. That's brutal. Uh, um, yeah, they're, they, everybody's slumping. They, uh, starting pitching hasn't been good, and their bullpen has fallen apart. They lost Michael King earlier to a, uh, um, a broken elbow, I believe. It was yes. a fracture. Um, Clay Holmes went on the IL. I, I'm not sure with what he's saying stiff back or something, but I think it was more of a mental break um, mm. to kind of lock it back in because he lost his ability to throw strikes. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's a it's a tough look. They're gonna they're gonna need to put it together right now um, because they are lost. They lost Carpenter with a broken foot. Yeah. Um, uh, only one other team has gone five and fourteen. Miami Marlins. The, so, Mar- the Marlins and the Yankees are the two worst teams two worst in teams baseball. This month. Second best team in baseball this month. New York Mets, fifteen and seven. Who's the first? Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, Sixteen and we'll three. be facing them soon. <sighs> they just keep fucking winning. Yeah, man. So annoying. Yeah, I mean, you know, you take a look at these offensive stats too, and they are paltry for you know a team that lives and dies off the home run ball. And I think that it's just like I, I become more and more thankful that the Mets have the philosophy of contact first, put the ball in play. The Yankees team is batting two sixteen with a two eighty nine on base in the month of August. And so it's just give me that again. Two sixteen batting average, two eighty nine on base. They're striking out at a twenty five percent clip. That's not good as a team. They might get Stanton back. He's rehabbing. Yeah, uh, he's on a rehab assignment. 
they'll have Judge. Um, uh, what's Rizzo's deal? Rizzo's been slumping in August. Judge is even his last eight. Judge games, has been slumping, batting under two hundred. Yep. I... So yeah, man, they're they're you know they're not playing up to their potential. I feel so the, bad. I, feel I like, don't feel bad. I know, but still, I yeah, feel like harping on him, you know. <laughs> well, gotta. I mean, if we're giving them a hard time, imagine what Yankees fans. Yeah, I've been doing. listening to Talking Yanks and all of that. I'm sure it's not going well over there. Yeah, but this is a, a Mets pod, and the Mets are. I mean, they went. They split on the road. That's you want to win this, win on the at home, and split yep. on the road. And they did that against the two other teams that are in the playoffs right now. Yeah, two wild card teams. I mean that that is maybe the most eventful four and four road trip I've ever seen from this Mets team. And I mean, you're coming off a meteoric win that lifted the entire roster. That was, you know, looking pretty low energy and dead going into that game four and then just woke it up. It could have, it could have been terrible. The, the night getaway game yeah, with the double header after the game or on the second day. And then the huge rain delay and a long ass game in game four. Uh, but they took three out of four, man. It was and, awesome. Oh, by the way, the Braves beat the Astros twice in their three-game set. You could easily be uh, looking at a three-game lead. Now you're looking at a four-game <laughs> Your lead. Your tweet of, uh, I'm imagining that's like probably that? 2012. I, I Googled 2012. It was 2012. Yeah. <laughs> Astros. That it's was ugly. great. I hated those uniforms so much, man. They were, they were terrible. They were pretty bad. Um, yeah, so this will be fun, man. It's the Subway Series. Uh, wear your Mets gear around the city. I'll be there tomorrow. Yes. Oh, you're going to be at, at I'm ho- Yankee I'm, Stadium? I'm, I never feel good hoping for a rainout. But if I get to see Scherzer DeGrom doubleheader, you know, they, know. they get a day of rest. I like, still feel like they might, they might push DeGrom back because Cause of Taiwan. I, I don't know, know why, I don't know what but I feel like is. they're going to give DeGrom a, a second, uh, an extra day. I don't they have to be very the delicate. Is. If they have a game plan, they have to stick to it. I heard yeah. something about he throws a bullpen like a day before. He throws two bullpens. Throws two bullpens. So if, I think if he's done that, you kind of have to start him. No, it's a uh, light bullpen. All right. You yeah. know better than I would. I mean, no big deal. I not do. a big deal. I had one year in the bigs. You had like 12. It's <laughs> just not really fair. But we are done. Yeah, we're done. That's it. It's 1130 good... on the dot. Look oh, at look us. At Baseball what? today's got to get in there. Whoops. All right. For Jolly... I'm Jerry, live in the office. This is Shea Station, and thank you for tuning in, and let's go Mets. We will see you guys Wednesday for the next up. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Go watch Jerry on pre and post on us. Yeah, tune in. It's fun. He's going to wear a suit. I think Todd's back. Uh, Terry TC is great to Terry have Terry Stockton, in. yeah. Yeah, me, I think Terry he's... Me, Terry, and Gary, right? Me, Terry, Gary. Jerry, Terry, Gary. I like that. Someone <laughs> Imagine somebody that. with a, with a, your earpiece, and they're like, all right, all right, Jerry. Uh, You've got to say this. We're like, I'm sorry, who which, who, who are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But it was fun, man. And, but thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Let's be out. Nice.